Well, welcome again, everyone. My name is Matt, and I run the youth and young adults programs around here at New Community. But I also have another job. I also work as a physiotherapist at the Austin Hospital. Um, and uh, about 12 weeks ago, I remember sitting in a, a meeting room with a bunch of other physios, and we were starting to crunch some numbers on this coronavirus thing. It had started to spread throughout northern Italy, and, and we were seeing that this, this virus was starting to do some big things. And I remember looking at, okay, this, if, if this virus is infectious, that it will get this percentage of the population. And then of that percentage of the population, so many people will end up needing hospitalisation or intensive care. Okay, what if I put those numbers on the population here in Melbourne? And, and the physios all in this office together were starting to just do this crude calculation. And I remember sitting there and going, gee, this coronavirus thing could be quite serious. And these numbers are a little bit scary. And at the end of the work that day, I was walking to my car and I just whipped out my phone and I gave Troy a call and I said, hey, Troy, just letting you know, we're starting to talk about this at the hospital um, and it's starting to look a little bit scary. I thought you should know, and he was appreciative. That night, we'd planned to have dinner with my parents, and, and we went around to, to mum and dad's and took the kids and put the kids into bed, and, um, and we were chatting away, and I was sharing some of this stuff that we'd started talking about in this meeting at the hospital. And uh, it, it sort of dropped, the penny dropped that, hey, this coronavirus thing is quite significant, and that 2020 is going to be the year that we experience the coronavirus. I wonder if for you, you can remember the time or the moment when it actually dropped for you, when you realised that 2020 was going to be the year that the world experienced the coronavirus. And so after chatting with mum and dad, my mum jumped on the phone to my grandparents and, and shared some of this information with them and they decided to go into social isolation and work out how to do Woolworths online. And, uh, and then over the next days and weeks, we saw... Things change in our society. We saw a range of restrictions come in. And for us, for Beck and I, we've got two toddlers, Jonah and Arietta, are three and two. And we saw their normal activities that tend to keep parents like us relatively sane slowly pull away. And so playgrounds closed down and swimming lessons shut down. And we couldn't go over to friends' houses for plays and and things just started to change and you'd hear things on the news like um, a 17-year-old girl going for a, a driving lesson with her mum and then getting fined more than $1,500 because she shouldn't have been doing that, that that's not okay. And for a moment, for a season, this coronavirus thing seems to have stolen something from us or uh, there's this sense that we feel like we've lost our freedom. I know for, for many out there, this enforced slowdown has actually been invigorating and a nice thing, but for many, there's been this, this grief or, or challenge or struggle with the, with the lost freedom. And then there's the flip side, that uh, tomorrow marks a, another big step in the easing of restrictions here in Victoria. And I know my mum got a call from my grandparents again just last week and they were just excited to let them know that they'd visited the local fruit and veg shop and how invigorating that was for them just to get their own groceries. And uh, next week here at New Community in our youth programs, we're running our own state youth games or it's a weekend full of sports and activities, socially distanced of course, but a whole lot of fun that we can start to have 
as a group together and we start to see something returning in life of community. And uh, one of the parents here at New Community posted something on their Facebook page last week that she's a, a mother of a, a boy, a teenage boy with, uh, with autism. And when she heard that skate parks were opening again, she did a dance in her living room and it was just like there's this joy returning as this, this social isolation phase is slowly transitioning away. And last week I managed to get away with my dad on the boat and we went fishing for a day and there we were sitting in the boat with rods in hand and enjoying just looking out over the water and the fresh air and it was just like this is how life is meant to be. And as we were sitting there, Dad pointed out that he saw something in the water. And you might not be able to see this amazingly well from where you are, but right in here, there's this dolphin that swims up alongside our boat and does circles around us for about 10 to 15 minutes. And it was just like this amazing moment where I just felt so alive. And it's like there's this life returning as we're able to get out there and engage with the world. There's this joy returning, this hope returning, this freedom returning. And I wonder if this joy that we're experiencing echoes something that is deeper, something deep in our souls that is more profound, that is hardwired into our humanity, that deep down all of us long to be free. We long for freedom. And Jesus got this. He knew the depth and significance of, of freedom for the human race. And, and I just want to take you, if, you, if you've got a Bible or, or you can open an app for a moment, into the book of John and t uh, tell you, uh, just let's explore this, this moment in Jesus' life where he talks about freedom. And so in chapter 8 there, we find that he says this incredibly profound statement. He says this, he says, you are truly my disciples if you follow, if you remain faithful to my teachings, if you follow my ways. And then you will know, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. This profound statement about truth setting us free. Now, the people listening looked at each other a bit quizzically and thought, hang on, what's going on here? What are you on about? And they said, we've never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean we, you will be set free? They're thinking, what is this about being set free? But then Jesus' response, he says something that in today's world, in our 21st century lens, may seem a little bit backwards or old-fashioned or, or maybe even overly religious. He says this, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave of sin. And that language, that ancient language talking about this thing called sin just is a, a bit of a, a jarring thing to hear and talk about in our modern culture. It seems almost backwards and ancient and maybe not relevant for many people. Which is, is quite an unfortunate thing because this, this thing called sin is quite profound and and I think for thousands of years, we've actually narrowed our understanding and narrowed our definition of it. And, and we've ended up with it just being purely the bad things 
that we do, the task, the list of rules, the, the do's and don'ts of morality. And, and sin just becomes this narrow thing. But if for the Old Testament Hebrews or the, the first century followers of Jesus, they had this much broader understanding, this deeper, fuller understanding of what this thing called sin was that gave life when we went away from it, but, but took life when we went towards it. Jesus was talking about this thing in so much more profound ways than, than our 21st century lens can get. So let, let's just jump back with, with me. I want to explore back into the book of Genesis, that first book of the Bible, and the story of Cain and Abel. So you've got Adam and Eve have just Adam, Eve's eaten the apple, and they've just been exiled out of the garden, and they, they start a family, and they have two boys, Cain and Abel. And you've got um, Cain and Abel starting to actually butt heads a little bit. Cain starts to think poorly of Abel and, and gets a bit angry towards him. And, and God has this, this conversation with Cain where he tries to explain to him what's going on inside of him. He tries to explain to him this phenomenon that he's starting to experience. And God says this, he says, Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue, subdue it and be its master. It's almost like there's this internal wrestle going on, but it's also almost external to you, like a, a creature or a beast in the corner that you must get control of. And, and it's this understanding that this, this sin is not just a, a list of do's and don'ts, but actually it's something more. And this word sin is an English word. Um, and, and we get it from the, the he, we, we translate it from, in this story, this word used here is the Hebrew word kata. This word kata is not actually a religious word at all. In fact, it's a, a, a commonplace Hebrew word that purely means to fail, simply means to miss the goal. And actually, we, we see it used in other uh, sort of contexts or situations. And I've got this amazing bow. How cool is this? My little brother lent this to me. Um, but we see, and Yvonne's just jumping backwards away from me because she thinks I'm going to shoot towards her. But um, we, we see this, uh, this word katar in other contexts when it talks about archers. And, and there was a bunch of um, archers that were so skilled and trained in their accuracy that they would be able to shoot a single strand of hair and not katar. That actually this was more about accuracy and, and hitting the goal or hitting the target and to katar was when we miss. Um, the other context that we see this word katar used um, is if you're... Uh, in, in the Proverbs, it talks about um, people walking and going on a journey, and if they're making their decisions about where to go, that they might take the wrong path, that they might katar their way. That actually, this word katar had something to do with taking the right path, or, or in other words, when we katar, we, we lose sight of where we're supposed to be going. We lose sight of the way we're supposed to go. 
About a year ago, um, Beck and I managed to get uh, some care for the kids and get away. And we went up into the Dandenongs and we got to go on this, uh, this hike. And we started in Alinda for a day and went for a hike up through around uh, Sky High and, and had a really nice lunch there. And as we were doing this loop back around to Alinda, we started going down this track past that massive big tower on the Dandenongs, the, the Channel 10 Tower. And all we had was this photo that we took of the map at the beginning of the trail on our phones and, and the little blue dot on our maps. And so we're swapping between this photo and our maps app on our phone and, and trying to find our way back to Alinda. And we're coming down this path that is supposed to be a straight road and um, we can see that there soon will be a, a road off to the right but we need to continue going straight. And as we're walking down this road, we're going, okay, soon we, the next road we should see should go off on the right and we need to keep going straight. But before we knew it, there was this road that came off going left and almost backwards up. And we stopped and we flicked between map and apps of the app of our maps and our blue dot and we're flicking between and going, where do we go? And, and in the end, we were like, no, 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 we're supposed to be going straight. We're supposed to continue on a straight road, so let's keep... Oh, probably I made that decision, sorry, Beck. Um, so we decided we'd keep going straight on rather than taking this, this left road. And, and you can imagine what happened next is we continued on for a, another kilometre or two and we're supposed to be coming up along uh, on a main road and, and this main road just doesn't seem to be appearing and the road continues to start to weave further downhill and downhill and we stop again and we go, I think we might have missed the way. I think we were supposed to go left back there and we've continued on straight. I think we've seemed to have, in many respects, in the language of, of the Hebrews, we would have Qatar our way. And so we had this, this chance of, do we turn around and go back up and go that way? Do we actually go back up that hill, we've gone 2Ks virtually downhill now. That, that's a, a lot of walking back up. I wonder if there's a road forward. I wonder if we keep going whether we'll actually find our way back to Willinda. And I can tell you that that was a bad decision. <laughs> what happened was that it followed two hours of us trudging through trails that seemed to be more designed for four-wheel drives and rock climbers than casual day hikers. We eventually got there to Alinda, but in that moment when we had that chance to turn around and go back, we did something that I think all of humanity do from time to time when we catar our way, when we lose our focus and our direction, is we redefine our bad choices as good ones. We redefine our bad options as good ones. And we convince ourselves, it's almost like we self-justify or self-vindicate our own selfishness from time to time to encourage us that it's okay to do this, it's okay to go that way. I wonder if you've ever done that. I wonder if you can think of a time where you've redefined a bad choice as a good one. And this thing called sin that we're trying to get our head around, which is such a deep concept, um, continues to get explored later on in, in uh, the, the Bible when, when this guy called Paul, after Jesus' death and resurrection, describes again 
uh, and, and he describes it uh, in three different ways as it being this thing that, that we can let control us, this thing that we can serve it, and this thing that can be our master. It's not like it's just this inanimate list of do's and don'ts, but actually there's, this, there's more to it. And when Jesus is talking about it, about this thing he claims enslaves us, he knows that it's not merely a, a list of moral do's and don'ts, but rather it's a profound diagnosis of the nature of humanity. That although we fire sometimes with good intention, we miss the mark. And that's what he's more on about. This thing that enslaves us is this a profound diagnosis of humanity that we miss the mark that we keep missing. I like what Jake said earlier in that interview with the millennials that uh, if we see following Jesus as, as only a set of rules, then we have missed the point. But actually if we redefine away from this rules mindset, the Ten Commandments are not just a list of rules, they're actually a profound set of insights that lead towards a life of freedom and fullness and goodness. See, they describe a way, a world in which families are filled with honour and people treat each other with respect and dignity, where people worship a living and loving God not the things they make or collect or the people they admire. And you get this taste of a life of freedom. Now let's get really practical for a moment because this series is all about being practical. And, and last week, Yvonne shared with us the art of the apology and looking into how do we apologize well. And if you missed it, I encourage you to go back and have a watch because it was gold. But this week I want to go practical as well on this thing, on what does it mean to forgive? And what does that do for, for the human race to, to be a, race, a people who forgive? Have you ever been hurt by someone? Have you ever been hurt so much that you actually don't wish well for that person, that you actually don't want to have anything to do with that person anymore? That, that actually each time you think of them, each time you remember who they are or what they did, that you actually, it hurts inside again and again and again. Do you have that experience? I can think of a handful of experiences in my life like that. But I can tell you there's this insight that we get out of Jesus' teaching and it's this, that nothing will steal your freedom like holding on to your bitterness. You see, our brains don't do a good job of separating our experience from our memory. And when our memories re-engage with, with that experience or that moment of our life, then we feel it again in its fullness and its weight and its pain. And holding on to anger and bitterness actually only drags us down and controls us back into that place of pain. Somebody recently told me that bitterness is like drinking poison yourself and expecting the other person to die. What a, what a profound statement. And Jesus got this. 
And it's why one of his lessons he taught about forgiveness and, and somebody asked him, how many times should I forgive? Seven times? And he replied, no, 70 times seven. Or in other words, keep on forgiving because holding on to that bitterness is not a way to find life. You see, he said this statement that we read earlier, that you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, because in my teachings there is this truth, this truth and way of finding freedom and life. He knew that holding on to that bitterness, that rage, that anger, staying in that place is not the path to freedom, but actually we need to be able to let go in those moments, we need to be able to forgive. But he also knew that it's incredibly hard. That that's not an easy thing to do when you've been hurt. When somebody's hurt you, that's an incredibly challenging and difficult thing to do. That there is this intimate part of the human condition that we catar, that we miss the goal, that even though we try to let go, sometimes it's so challenging because we are wired in a way that we struggle, that we're slave to something and we need help. You see, the freedom of Jesus is found in following his teachings, in choosing his way of forgiveness, of serving people, of loving other people. But so much more, there is a deeper and greater freedom found in Jesus. That Jesus' victory over death when he rose to life again, paved a way for a new power at work in our world, a new authority, a transforming power of God in the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is something that we've endeavoured to explore more this year around New Community. I encourage you to dive in because it's in the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives that when we partner with him, that he is real, that he is alive, And he helps us and he gives us guidance and he begins a transforming work of our inner core, of our inner wiring to miss the mark. Jesus knew that we needed a certain freedom from something that we are slave to. And so this early writer, Paul, wrote in this book of Romans this other statement. He says, and because you belong to him, because you belong to Jesus, you're part of his family, you receive his spirit. The power of this life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. That actually through this spirit, there is a power that does amazing work in life. And that's not to say that it's all easy and cosy But when you become a Christian that, that there is no struggle or challenge or issue with missing the mark ever again, no. But more so that you're not alone. That there is help and hope for you in that. That God cares and has made himself available. And that there is a life of peace and freedom with him. And so... Before we go and listen to a song that the the guys have recorded and and Cindy's sung an amazing song about Hosanna or or our Saviour, I want you to reflect on where you're at. 
I want you to reflect on where you're at this morning and what you need to hear and what you need to do in this next moment. That maybe for you, it's actually a chance to stop and, and in the craziness and chaos of what has happened recently, you need to pause again and just be grateful for the freedoms that you do have, the freedoms that have been provided to you and for you. Or maybe for you, you might need to undergo this setting free. You might need to set someone free, that you've been holding on to bitterness against someone for something that they've done and that it's actually only dragging you down and that actually you need to step into the life of freedom as you let that go. Or maybe yourself, you're feeling weighed down for for the times where you've missed the mark, the times where you've shot sometimes with good intention and missed the mark or maybe even when you're shot with poor intention and you've ended up astray, and you need to be set free yourself, and you need to sit for a moment and hear that there's a God who loves you, who forgives you, who lets go of the times that you have done wrong, that he doesn't hold that against you. Or maybe you're just actually exploring and that this is a new world, that, that this, this thing called sin is actually different to what you'd imagine and I'd encourage you I'll get the boys to put a couple of links in the stream but there are multiple words that the ancient Hebrews used to describe this condition of humanity we explored one of them today this katah but avon and peshah these are other ways and nuances and elements for understanding the human condition and and so they'll put some links in the comments there of of different things you can watch later and explore around understanding the way the world is the way we are and the way god works with us you see jesus said this last statement and i'll leave you with this that i am the way the truth and the life and that is so true that as we we come to the teachings of Jesus, we find a truth and a freedom. And as we come to the person of Jesus, we encounter a power that is at work in our life of freedom that lets us live a full and free-range life. Thanks, guys.